Women Taking the Lead, episode 245. The question to ask is like, how can I enjoy the moment that I'm in right now and like squeeze every drop out of my life and have just so much fun doing it? Um, because nothing actually is as good as the present moment if you actually let yourself experience like how great it is. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. I want to say thank you to all of you who've read my book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. And if you're ready to take those concepts to the next level, check out the Accomplished community at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community to team up with women just like you. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be bringing you the male perspective today. This podcast isn't just about women helping women. It's my philosophy that it's going to take both genders working together to see more women stepping up as leaders. We can gain a lot of insights from men, so I interview men who work with women around their personal and leadership development. Today, I have with me Brian Ligotti, who is a health coach and the owner of Dirigo Fitness in Falmouth, Maine. Having overcome years of struggling with his weight, being uncomfortable in his own skin, he obtained his degree in exercise physiology because he wanted to make sure no one ever felt the same despair he had felt. Brian spent most of his life addicted to one thing or another, food, then drugs, then food again. Fitness allowed him to find the piece of himself that could face anything and push through discomfort. It showed him that there is nothing more important than your health and that the people around you benefit when you are taking care of yourself. A voracious learner, Brian applies the knowledge he has gained with the philosophy that helped him to turn his health around. The only way to create lasting change is to stay focused, have a clear reason for what you are doing, and be consistent with small changes. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. If you could, tell us a little bit more about you so everyone has a good sense of who they're listening to right now. All right. Uh, first, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I, this is a, a huge honor for me. Um, I'm going to get a chance to talk to a bunch of people that I ordinarily wouldn't get a chance to talk to. So I'm, I'm super humbled and honored that I got a chance to be on this podcast. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, you kind of mentioned it. I, um, although my headshot wouldn't tell you, um, I struggled with my weight just about my entire life up until I was about 23. So I spent a lot of, you know, adolescent years, like high school years, being very, very uncomfortable in my own skin and using food to manage um, manage my feelings. And then when food wasn't um, quite enough, I turned to drugs and used drugs for um, a quite a bit of time. Um, heroin, actually, which is um, probably hard to believe, actually, when you look at me and the person I am today. But um, one of the reasons why I, I opened my gym uh, quite frankly, is to show people that um, you are actually not your past and um, it doesn't really matter what struggles you've had or what you need to overcome. There can be a light at the end of the tunnel if you push through it. Okay, so that's not a story we hear every day. 
you know, that um, the struggles with weight, I think some people can definitely mm-hmm. relate to that, especially with an audience that is largely women. I think I'm, I'm not the only one who looks back on pictures of myself when I was younger and thought, wow, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself or even when I look good, you know, now looking back, why did I why did I hate myself so much during that time period? Um, so I'm very interested in what you have to offer us, just given like everything you've been through and what you've overcome. And where I start my male guests off, Brian, is mm-hmm. to hear about a woman um, in your life who has impacted you as a leader. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously it's it's mom, you know. Um, my mom raised, um, she raised three children on her own, which was no, not an easy task. Um, she did this before the internet and before computers back when we used to just fight with each other as a pastime. Like that's what we used to do in the backseat of the car to pastime is fight with each other. Um, and so somehow she, all three of us actually, myself included, turned out to be halfway decent adults, which is nothing short of a miracle. Um, also there's a woman that I know, uh, her name is Sylvia Anthony and she actually grew up on the same street as my grandfather in East Boston. And this was a woman who, um, after getting divorced, I think it was like back in the sixties and that was not a time when you got divorced. She at the age of 45 started, um, some homeless shelters for women, um, that her dying second husband helped her set up, um, and she did it with no real formal training. She just had a, a feeling and like a calling that she should do it. And then um, actually Mother Teresa for the same reason, because uh, she had no real training either. And um, she, through helping one person at a time, became one of the most powerful women um, of the 20th century. Um, and I think more than anything, women have showed me what, what it means to actually be unstoppable, not just think you're unstoppable, but like really be unstoppable. And not necessarily having the training and the tools to do it, yeah, just, just doing like, it. Just like getting it done. It's, it's actually nothing short of a miracle. And uh, I, t- I chose, you know, Sylvia Anthony and Mother Teresa specifically because they did it at a time period when um, the world was largely dominated by men. Like there wasn't, they did it before things were so progressive and uh, mother Teresa especially was like um, not well-trained. She was dirt poor. Um, and they just wouldn't, they just wouldn't be stopped. I think that's really amazing. I really appreciate you highlighting these women, especially one, you know, to your mom, you know, that could not have been easy. I can't even, like, I know people who are raising three kids as a couple and they're exhausted. (laughs) I can't even imagine what your mom has gone through and the support system, you know, she must have been during your struggles as well. You know, um, and Sylvia Anthony sounds just amazing. And you named one of my all time heroes, which is mother Teresa, who's now St. Teresa too. We can celebrate that. Um, and what I really love about this, and I, I said it before because, you know, I'm, I'm constantly passing this on too. it's not training and experience. It's your attitude that will make mm. the difference and see you to success. And that's what I see in all, th- all of the three women that you've showcased mm. as, um, outstanding leaders. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And 
Ryan, you work with women. You, you've worked with them on you know, their physical development, their personal development, their leadership development. And so I'm always curious from a male's perspective, you know, what is something that you see in women that could be holding them back? Mm. Um, that's, that's a great question. The most, the most common thing that I encounter in my work is um, the um, everyone comes before me rule or uh, sometimes people getting a case of the have-tos. Like, I, you know, I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, and um, especially, like, as those things relate to, you know, fitness or even self-care, um, to me, that's one of the biggest things that can hold people back. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're running yourself ragged because you feel like you have to, that really only hurts everyone around you. And how does this show up with, with your clients? Because I imagine you're having this conversation with people who are thinking about working with you, right? They they want it, mm-hmm. but there's all these other things that are put, pulling on them as well. What is, what is kind of the, the typical story that that comes across you? Uh, you know, the story that I get most common is um, – most often, I'm sorry, is this idea that I somehow have to be able to do it all. Um, there's uh, this commercial that Brene Brown references a lot. It's a makeup commercial where it's like, you know, I can bring home the bacon, I can put it in the pan, and I'll never let them, let them see you sweat or mm-hmm. something like that. Yes. And that, like, um, that actually sums it up so well. It's the idea that women have that they should be able and capable of just handling whatever is going on in their life. And if they can't, or it seems like, um, their own perception is they're not doing a good job of it. Um, it becomes very difficult to manage like their time and their own self care. And it becomes very easy to, um, get very, very busy and let things get away from you. Mm -hmm. This is perfect that you're bringing this up because two things I definitely see in my business with my clients and and the people who are definitely doing the energy leadership assessment Mm -hmm. is one one thing that shows up is what I call the superhero syndrome, where we're constantly trying to save other people while Mm -hmm. our own world is falling apart because it's easier to take care of other people and focus on them than to have to deal with your own stuff or face the fact that you're miserable and you're not dealing with your own stuff. Um, The Mm -hmm. other piece that you were talking about and kind of hinted at was not being able to ask for help. Yes. You know, that I was talking with a woman yesterday. We were doing her her debrief for the assessment and that showed up right with self-care too. Mm. Like she will drive herself into the ground. She will be miserable. She will not be taking care of herself, but Mm. heaven forbid she should reach out and ask somebody if they could maybe run an errand or two for her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to forget. Um, I mean, women are their caretakers by nature, right? So they want to take care of everyone else. And that's, uh, it's totally natural to, to want to do that. But oftentimes it can start to turn into a real detriment, uh, especially if you're putting other people's needs ahead of yours almost to a fault where you're saying yes to things that you know you should 
100% be saying no to. Like even in your head, you're like, I should not be saying yes to this. But you're totally like on board with that nonprofit board thing or, um, you know, Little League camp tryouts or whatever the heck it ends up being, whatever commitment that you know you should not be doing. But you do it anyways because you feel like you have to, right? Like I should just take care of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think we've all had that feeling of walking away from a conversation going, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? It's so crazy. And, yeah, the other thing I wanted to point out, too, um, that came up in the, in the conversation with this woman, I'm so grateful, she was so open and honest with me, was she it, it's been over the past six months right that she mm-hmm. she recognizes that she said over the summer she was doing great she was eating well taking care of herself and then for some reason it all slipped and she hasn't been working out at all she's been yes. eating crap and she, and what we were seeing in her results is she's not only not feeling good because she's not taking care of herself, but she's also depressed, more anxious. Like it's affecting her overall mood because one of the things that, you know, taking care of us ourselves does is it fortifies us. You know, yes. when we're well rested. When we feel good, we don't take things personally. We're less likely to have a bad day. We're less likely to, to get into a bad mood. We're less likely to be reactive. And so what we, we're also seeing is like, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're really um, minimizing your ability to manage your own emotions and your day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. We could go on um, and on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, for me, the thing that's holding most women, or I'd say people, but women back is just making a clear um, decision that you are actually going to be the best version of yourself and you're going to have a great time doing it. Because um, if you decide to be the best version of yourself, you know, rarely does that include sitting on the couch and eating an entire bag of potato chips for most people, right? Like that's not how they would be their best selves. And also uh, for most people being their best self, it also means saying no when appropriate and honoring your own self-care time. Because um, what's going to happen is things are going to come up. I mean, that's, you know, that's what life, that's what life is. And there's always a very good reason to not take care of yourself. Life is always going to give you plenty of reasons to not go to the gym, to eat maybe not as well as you could, to not drink water, to sleep less. There's always going to be more to do, especially now in the world that we live in. So um, for me, the, the biggest thing is just making a decision, like no matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens, I'm going to have a good time living it. And I think that's a decision that a lot of people don't really make and, and circle back to when, when bad things happen because bad things are going to happen and you know things are going to get difficult. But if you've already decided that you're going to have a good time and you're always going to look for the bright side, then you'll, then you'll find the bright side. I mean if someone like uh, Viktor Frankl Right, like if he can find joy in the middle of Auschwitz, then I think 
human beings have a capacity that we have all undersold ourselves on. And there's, I mean, I kind of mentioned it with the women earlier, like there's no limit to what women can accomplish for sure once they just straight up make up their mind that it's going to happen. Like women and the energy that they put in and feminine energy, it's like the most powerful energy on the planet when it's focused. I think that's a perspective, a new perspective for a lot of people who are going to be listening to this episode to even consider that they can expect to have fun, right? I love the whole concept of, am I being my best self right now? Like mm. that, that's, that's something, you know, that I, I would encourage everyone to take on just periodically throughout the day. Just ask yourself if you're being your best self in that moment and taking good care of yourself. Mm. But I think sometimes we, we buy into the notion that, well, you know, we're adults now, so mm. I can't really expect to be having a good time doing what I'm doing. Not all the time. Oh boy. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, I, and my perspective is that like, you know, it doesn't really matter how long you live. Ultimately, ultimately our lives are all very, very short and to spend even, you know, more than a few days or weeks in a state where you're just unhappy um, especially if you have a feeling of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not there yet to me is, um, is, is such a, it can be, it's such like a disrespect to this precious life that we've been given. And I mean, the fact is that's, that's to a certain degree, like that's just the landscape of life. Like, you know, you have some big moments and you achieve some things, but there's always going to be more, always going to be more to grow and always going to be more to achieve. But the question to ask is, like, how can I enjoy the moment that I'm in right now and, like, squeeze every drop out of my life and have just so much fun doing it? Um, because nothing actually is as good as the present moment if you actually let yourself experience, like, how great it is. I'm going to leave it right there. That was awesome. <laughs> so what I want to ask you next, Brian, is, um, well, to back up a little bit, mentoring is a two-way street. We often mm. think that, you know, when we, you know, take on a mentor, that it, it we're going to benefit from the mentor. But the reality mm -hmm. is the, the mentor benefits from us as well. So what have you learned from the women you've mentored? Um, God, the... The biggest thing that I've learned has been the power of being present with someone. Um, a lot of people, uh, when they're speaking, are just waiting for their turn to talk. And uh, women, more than men, actually respond to presence and um, just the, the power that being present and just being what someone can have, um, they've... Um, done a good job of educating me as to how important that is um specifically i can think of a conversation i had with a client who is very very successful and older than me and has had more life experience than me and um i've we've gotten pretty close um because i've been i've known her for quite some time and i've asked her like why would you why would you trust me 
you know, I'm younger than you. I'm a man. I, you, I'm not as educated as you. She's a doctor and got, you know, all kinds of degrees. And she said, um, it's your presence. Um, when I'm, when I'm sitting there and I'm talking with you, I know that you are 100% invested in whatever it is that I'm saying. And she's totally right. Um, but I've, I've seen the carryover that effect that can have in other areas of my life. Just being 100% present in every single conversation that I have. And actually, uh, I talk, I call it talking myself off the ledge if my thoughts start to wander. Hmm. Or my phone buzzes in my pocket. Or whatever. What I'm curious about is, who was the woman and what did she say to you <laughs> that called you out on not being present? Oh, who's the woman? Like, oh, my, my whole – like I grew up around women. Like it was my mom and my two sisters. So like um, my – one of my early – this is going to sound so bad. One of my early uh, uh, kind of survival skills, I guess, was the power of tuning things out. Um, so I could like, I got very good at like half listening. Uh, so my mom and my sisters were very good about letting me know when they could tell when I clearly was not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually one of the ways I got so good at communicating was growing up around women cause they're just excellent communicators. And, um, so I'd have to thank my sister for calling me out on the not paying attention thing. Nice. And that's definitely something I noticed about you when I first met you as well was your presence. I thought I actually thought you were a little bit older than you are because you had the presence of a man who has lived more years, like who who just has like gotten it, you know, mm. in in a way that, you know, nothing against younger men, but they tend to have more energy, so they tend to be they seem a little more unfocused. I guess, mm-hmm. and you didn't come across that way at all. So yes, thank you. Yes, so thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Good job to your mom and your sisters. <laughs> so, all right, Brian, what changes do you see as necessary for more women to step up as leaders? Um, embracing, embracing who you are. You know, at the core of your being, like as corny as that sounds. Um, the um, I know. Uh, we live in a world, especially in the business world, where women sometimes are taught that they need to act more like men, which is kind of foolish. Um, so uh, a lot of times, especially if um, women sometimes – or those that are more feminine-minded, I should say, uh, they just sometimes need a little bit more reassurance um, with – you know, tasks and directions and they need clarifications. They need communication, right? They like to talk things out, which is totally normal and totally fine. Um, however, it's very easy. Um, I found for women to get in their own heads, especially if they're in a male dominated culture. So say more about the needing reassurance. So, um, Needing reassurance, what I mean is um, it's like uh, needing reassurance is just knowing that everything is okay and that those around you also feel that everything is okay. It's um, like uh, an evolutionary thing that goes back to like hunting and gathering. Like when women were out in the fields gathering, they'd have this um, almost diffused awareness 
that's why women are actually so great at multitasking and why men can only do one thing at a time. And like if a man, for example, is watching television or on his computer, he is actually not listening or aware of anything that's going on around him. But um, as far as reassurance goes, um, women, when they'd be hunting and when they'd be gathering, I'm sorry, um, they'd be communicating um, with the women around them, wanting to know, is everything okay? What do you guys see? What's out there? Getting reassurance of their surroundings and just their position within the tribe so that they can feel secure and basically safe. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting because I would say for myself and mm -hmm. probably many of the women who are listening to this right now as well, like needing reassurance can be a trigger mm. for, for us. Yep. And, and this is from my own personal experience because early in my career, um, I was being evaluated um, by a gentleman. He was much older than I was. And he pointed out that my need for reassurance was holding me back. It was weakness. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that thought, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's so not mm -hmm. true. You know, I, mm. I didn't see myself as unconfident, but that's the way it translated. But I know in, in how you're explaining it, I can see how that got into my head mm -hmm. and it caused me to make, I guess, mistakes, you know, just some, de some decisions that didn't go well because I didn't check in with other people. Like I had, an, I had an idea and I was like, well, I, I don't want to seem like I, you know, need reassurance. You know, I want to come across like I'm confident. And so I just went ahead with my idea, not asking other people, how would this affect you? How could we do this better? How could it, you know, could we improve upon this or should, you know, should we not do this at all? And it caused some problems sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I obviously learned how to go about it a different way, but we call I, we call start to call it something different, you know. But still, there there's that thought that lingers that like the need for reassurance is a weakness, and it's like being needy. Yes, yes, and I've I've heard other women say that. Um, I mean, however, it sounds like that feedback would be coming from a man that was less than evolved. Um, he I'm was, not going to argue with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the fact is, um, it's it's I it's it's best that decisions aren't made in a vacuum, whether you're a man or a woman, right? Like it's it's always good to stress test your decisions with those around you. And um, personally, I'm of the belief that anyone that any person that calls that weakness is a fool. And thinks that the idea that you can just do it all by yourself is lunacy. Mm -hmm. And that's – if you look at how the best, the best companies are run today, everything is done with reassurance and checking in with others. And I don't want to say it's a group decision. It's more like uh, idea meritocracies where the person with the best idea wins and things are stress tested and it's nothing but reassurance. Is this going to work? Is it not? What do you guys think of this? Um, in the world that we live in, um, women have the edge, quite frankly. I've definitely been reading, especially in the past year, more articles about how the feminine style of leadership is playing out more in mm. corporations. And the ones that embrace it are doing better. It's not to say that it, like, 
corporations should embrace a purely feminine style of leadership Mm -hmm. because that would just be pushing the pendulum in the complete opposite direction but it's more balanced and it's that is making a difference yeah and it's just it comes back to who are you at your core right are you more feminine right Or, or are you more masculine whichever one you are just be that and you know when you're not being that because it feels uncomfortable and it feels like there's this weird internal conflict and pressure. Okay, I want to go – I'm going to spin off on this one too because this is something um, that type A women deal with as well, mm-hmm. especially for those women who are listening who – are business owners who are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and who are in high-level corporate positions because, mm-hmm. you know, we, our culture is training more and more people to be type A. Yeah. Because there's this push for success and achievement and recognition and awards, um, you know, so more women are being driven to exude that energy and that energy is a masculine form of energy from what I, what I understand. Um, the push, the hustle, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so there's, and and not to say that there's anything wrong with channeling that type of energy, except as if you are, I I like the way you described it, feminine minded person. You know, if you have feminine energy at your core, you're going to have to recognize you can only do so much of that before you're going to need to rest. Yes. And take a break and embrace more fe- like a feminine style. Yes. Um, to energize yourself again. Absolutely. And just know when to shut it off. Right? Know when it's appropriate to 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 do the masculine thing and when it's appropriate to do the feminine thing and 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 what's best for you and you know, like you said, if who you are at your core is someone more feminine and you're basically playing masculine all day long it's going to be really easy to get burnt out if you don't learn how to just shut it off (laughs) i'm laughing because i was just i was uh doing a presentation for another community today and that's what we Mm -hmm. talked about was the like go 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 hit a wall crash recover go 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 hit a wall crash recover and that was my mo for years Mm -hmm. you know and i can see that and so what we were talking about was like the preventative what are the red flags what are the signs that you need to like shift you know shut it off for a little while take a break check out or maybe approach something with a with a more feminine style you know mm-hmm. rather than you know the like i'm doing this on my own how can you collaborate how can you find other people to like team up and work on things together you know yes. brainstorm and bounce ideas off okay cool love this conversation well brian You've contributed a lot, so let me give you some time so you can talk about, you know, what you have going on in your mm-hmm. world, in your business. So share with us something that you're really excited about right now. So I am really excited to be offering um, health and fitness coaching online and over Skype. That's actually pretty exciting. Uh, Skype allows me to actually see a person's face, and so... Um, a lot of the body language communication isn't lost, which is great. Um, I was finding when I would try this before without like visual, um, communication would get lost uh, in text and email. And even over the phone, it's not the same. 
Okay, and typically I wait, I, this is the last question, but considering what you're doing, how, if, if somebody's been listening to you and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, he sounds like he gets me and what I have going on, mm-hmm. would love to chat with them, how would they reach out to you? Uh, best way is my, either email me, brian at derigofitness.com. Um, you can call the gym, uh, numbers 207-805-1079. And, you know, we're on all the socials at DerigoFitness.com okay. or at DerigoFitness. And for those who are out of Maine, because Derigo is a common word in Maine, oh, and yeah, I think right. nowhere else, <laughs> how yeah. do you spell Derigo? Sorry, uh, D-I-R-I-G-O. Okay, awesome. All right, Brian, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Um, the one I, that I picked um, – was it's a quote by Rumi who was a 13th century um, poet from the Middle East, and uh, it it's uh, let's see, I want to sing like the birds sing, not worrying about who hears or what they think. And I think if you're going to be successful, that that pretty much has to be how you live your life. Awesome. All right, one more time. How can people reach you? Um, email me, brian at dirigofitness.com. That's D-I-R-I-G-O fitness.com. Uh, you can call the gym, 207-805-1079, or we're on all the socials um, at Dirigo Fitness. Awesome. And for those of you listening, I know you're often on the go, at the gym, in the car, on your run. You know you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Brian, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. Before we go, I wanted to give a reminder for those of you who have read Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. There is a community just for you waiting at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community. The women who have joined the Accomplished community most recently have expressed how glad they were that they found this community. Find out more at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.